appreciate that. All right, we will go to Acts chapter 16. Acts chapter 16. For the remainder of our time, we'll look at a disciple by the name of Timothy. And he is a very familiar Bible character. And we will look at him uh, not greatly in depth, but somewhat in depth. And if you'd like to follow along, if you want to fill in the blanks on our outline, it is on the back side of our prayer list down there at the bottom. If uh, you would like to follow along with the outline, fill in the blanks if that helps you. Uh, we will work our way through a, a quick look at the life of Timothy. I'm going to grab my computer. And I am not an artist, so I am not taking credit for any of uh, this uh, artistry on the screen. But I do enjoy uh, putting these PowerPoints together, and I hope that they are helpful. Of course, the Apostle Paul is on a missionary journey, and he comes in Acts chapter 16 on the second missionary journey to verse number 1, to Derbe and Lystra. Then came he to Derbe and Lystra, and behold, a certain disciple was there named Timotheus, the son of a certain woman, which was a Jewess, and believed But his father was a Greek, which was well reported of by the brethren that were at Lystra in Iconium. Him would Paul have to go forth with him, and took and circumcised him because of the Jews which were in those quarters, for they knew all that, for they knew all that his father was a Greek. So Timothy, we're not going to be able to go into great depth, but a quick look at his life this evening. We see, first of all, his unique background, his unique background. Timothy was the son of a Jew, but his father was a Greek. There is no indication in looking at other passages of Scripture that reference his mother and his grandmother. There is no mention of his father being a believer. So in another passage where it is referenced... That they, that being his uh, mother and his grandmother, his mother Eunice, his grandmother Lois, they are mentioned by name. They are mentioned as uh, women of faith, an unfeigned, an unhypocritical faith, an honest, a genuine faith that Timothy had that was passed down, not that he was saved by heritage or ancestry or by blood, but simply saying that his mother and his grandmother had tremendous spiritual influence on him, and he was saved, no doubt, as a direct result of their influence. So his mother was a Jew, but a believer. His grandmother was apparently also a believer, and yet his dad was a Greek, a Gentile, and there is no mention of his father being a believer. So it's very possible that there was uh, that uh, dichotomy in the home. 2 Timothy 1 and verse number 5 does mention uh, that his mother and grandmother were believers, and he is identified as a young man, but well-behaved. Verse number 2 of Acts 16 that we just read, he was well reported of by the brethren that were at Lystra and Iconium. So, Timothy had a unique background. 
He had a multicultural background. He had that dichotomy in the home that in some cases could be seen as a negative. It could be seen as a detriment to his ministry. But actually, because Timothy lived out his faith, desired to serve the Lord, accepted God's call upon his life, then what could have been a negative, humanly speaking, God used in a great way in Timothy's life because he had ministry to the Jews as well as to the Gentiles in a unique way because of his unique background. No doubt he probably faced some ridicule from his Jewish peers, but he did not let that discourage him and defeat him in his ministry. Now, there were times, from what we can tell in Paul's ministry to Timothy, you can tell that Paul was encouraging Timothy many times in his ministry. Timothy, from what we understand, would later become the pastor of the church at Ephesus. It's possible that Timothy was struggling with some of the hardships of the ministry, some of the difficulties, some of the challenges. And so there would be times that Paul would speak of, like in 2 Timothy 1, about not having fear, but of being of a sound mind. Uh, He talked to Timothy, and obviously in that application to Timothy, there is a, a secondary, a further application to all men called to preach, to preach the word, to be instant in season, out of season, to reprove, to rebuke, to exhort with all longsuffering and doctrine. And that uh, call upon his life, Paul talked about stirring up the gift that was in him. Paul recognized that call upon Timothy's life. It resulted in the men, the presbytery, the men who had been called of God to the ministry, recognizing that gift in Timothy's life. And so Timothy, yes, had some unique features to his background, some of which could have been considered a negative. No doubt he faced some sort of criticism, but because Timothy sought the Lord and was a faithful servant of the Lord, and because he was faithful in his call, what could have been a negative, God turned it out for good. And again, we have challenges We have family backgrounds, we have cultural issues, we have whatever might be in our backgrounds. There are always, because of sin, going to be family challenges. Again, I can't help but think of my own family and the fact that my mom and dad both came from broken homes, both suffered from uh, divorced homes. I've mentioned many a time that my dad was supporting his mom and his two sisters at age 15 because my grandfather was a drunk. I never even knew my grandfather. I was told I met him one time as a baby, and he died of cirrhosis of the liver because he was a drunk. And my mom told of the poverty that she grew up in and the effect that divorce had on her life. But my mom and dad both, they determined that... Me and my house, we will serve the Lord. And they overcame challenges that seemed insurmountable, humanly speaking. And I only stand here by the grace of God. Timothy had to overcome some things. Some brokenness in his home, at least in a religious, we don't know of any divorce. But 
some, some cultural challenges, having a dad that was a Gentile, a mom that was a, a, a Jew. Uh, there, there were no doubt some things that Timothy faced, and yet he was well-behaved, well-reported of by the brethren. What a testimony. It's a challenge again to us to be reaching our young people with the gospel. And it's a challenge to young people to put your eyes on the Lord. Circumstances are tough. Circumstances are not always bright and sunny. But God is always faithful. And God is always good. And I appreciate Earl reminding us of that. And God is able. And he is able to take what seems like a horrible situation. Think of Joseph, where it was meant for evil, but God meant it for good. And we see in Timothy's life, his unique background was actually, because he submitted that to the Lord, it became an instrument for the Lord to use for him to reach people with the gospel, to lead a church and have unique opportunities in his ministry. And no doubt Paul was thankful for Timothy being with him on those missionary journeys and for assisting him in the ministry. One of the things that made the difference in Timothy's life is he was taught the scriptures. Taught the scriptures. What made the difference with his mom and his grandmother? That they taught him the Bible. Again, I can't help but come back to, as parents, as grandparents, the ministry that we have in bringing our kids to church and having family Bible time and bringing the Word of God into our children's lives and pointing our children and our grandchildren to the Lord. I, I, again, we, we've tried to do it and we're, we're not perfect and we, we've never been consistent about it perfectly. But I'm thankful for family devotion times when I was a little kid. I got saved as a result, yes, of good Bible preaching at my local church, but also because my mom and dad, we had Bible time. We had prayer time. I prayed. Uh, we had family uh, devotions with our kids, and we prayed with them uh, all through their uh, growing up days. Uh, it's been a lot harder to be consistent with that as the kids got older and sports and jobs and, <laughs> and college and all. But we, we've tried to consistently keep the Word of God, prayer, and God's Word before our children. It's so important. Our, our children are, are going to go to big events. They're going to go to sports. They're going to get involved in athletics and all kinds of things. But the most important place they can be is in the Word of God. And the most important thing, thing they can do is keep God first. And one of the ways that they know that God is first is because mom and dad talk about the Lord and the rising up and in the going, going out and the coming in. And then they bring their kids to church. Church is important. It's such a vital part. One of the things that kids see when they come to church on a regular basis is that God is first. And God is bigger than me and God is bigger than my problems. And there's something in the pattern of Scripture where a mom and a dad with their kids worshiping together sets the tone for their home. Now, I know hypocrisy can 
get in the way of that. But I'm talking about genuine, consistent, faithful at church as well as at home. I know that doesn't replace our personal family, our personal devotional time and our family devotional time. But it's so important that our children see that mom and dad are faithful to the Lord. And that pattern shows up in their lives. It shows up in the fact that church is important. They, they see that God is important. And no doubt that made an impact in Timothy's life. That his mom and his grandma taught him the scriptures. And he knew the gospel from an early age. So what did that lead to? It, laid, it led to a spiritual calling. Paul chose him to assist in the ministry. We just read that there in verse 3. Him would Paul have to go forth with him and took and circumcised him because of the Jews. His spiritual calling came as a result of Paul seeing the way in which Timothy already knew the Lord, loved the Lord, and wanted to serve the Lord and was well reported of. And again, I can't help but go back to a mom and a grandma. Because behind every person who serves the Lord, there are praying people and faithful people who have impacted that person's life. I'm only in the ministry because of a mom and a dad who invested in me. I know my mom and dad prayed for me. I know for a fact. I heard it at times. There are times where I look back at my life and I'm thankful for a Pastor Defoe and a Pastor Arrowwood and a Pastor Wayne Joyner. I'm sure Pastor Joyner, as he endured those Preacher Boys sermons, when I went seven minutes and I barely looked up from the pulpit and I was shaking in my boots, and I'm sure there were times where he thought, boy, I hope he can make it, as I tried to preach my way out of a wet paper bag in, in high school. I'm thankful for pulpit speech teachers who helped me. But I'm thankful for people who invested in my life. I think of not just people in the ministry, but people outside. I mean, in, in a vocational calling. Every person that is serving the Lord has had people impact them, who has had people invest in them, who has had people love them and pray for them. And Timothy was the product, yes, of God's grace and God's work in his own individual life and his response and his submission to God's call. But there were people who were involved in Timothy's life who loved him. And he submitted as a young man, probably a teenager, to circumcision. I'm not going to get into the details. This is a discreet uh, place. But it was not a pleasant thing for a young man at that age to submit to circumcision. He submitted to it. He submitted to going with Paul on missionary journeys, not in first class, but to walk dirty roads for hundreds of miles, to face persecution, to maybe ride on the back of a donkey or a horse or a mule, to go up and through the mountains and on ships and face storms. When Paul chose Timothy and Timothy said yes, he submitted to a physical challenge. He submitted to persecution. He submitted to a personal relationship with the Apostle Paul, who I can only imagine was a driven man, type A personality, who probably was going, 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 and was thinking about the next place and was burdened for the next city and 
wanted to continue to preach. And I can only imagine Timothy trying to keep up with the Apostle Paul. But he did. And there were times where he had physical challenges and Paul had to give him counsel. But how did Paul refer to Timothy in 1 Corinthians 4 and verse 17? His son in the faith. Paul, I mean, Timothy was near and dear to Paul. That is a special relationship when a mentor with their mentoree has that kind of relationship that the mentoree, the one being mentored, is referred to as a son in the faith. Oh, that we would have sons and daughters in the faith. People that we have led to the Lord, people that we have invested in, whom we have loved, who we have counseled, who sometimes we have had to give them the truth in love and help them along the way. Again, I'm thankful for people like that in my life. And we know that Timothy was called to preach. 1 Timothy 4, 2 Timothy 1. And obviously Paul's counsel to Timothy to preach the word. To be instant, in season, out of season. In season and out of season doesn't mean summer, winter, spring and fall. In season and out of season means Timothy preach the word, whether it's popular or whether it's unpopular. And I'll tell you right now, we are in a season where the preaching of the word is not popular. And I'll just tell you right now, I don't care. Because I'm going to continue to preach the word. And I don't want to ever be a quitter when it comes to preaching the word. I want to be faithful to preach the word. And there have been times in my life where it has impacted me. Woe is unto me if I preach not the gospel. Because I don't want to have that woe. I want to preach faithfully the word of God. And Timothy faced that challenge. He was there at times discouraged and Paul had to encourage him. God hath not given you the spirit of fear, but a power and of love and of a sound mind. Be not thou therefore ashamed of the testimony of our Lord. And we have to have that same kind of drive, whether we're called to a vocational ministry or to other, another kind of vocational calling. We are to have that same kind of faithfulness. And then Timothy, his life of service and ministry. In just a couple minutes that we have, we see him as a preacher and a teacher. We see him as a servant, a messenger willing to take offerings and take messages and to deliver them in some of the difficult regions of the world and to have to endure some of the challenges and resistance. But he was a servant of the Lord, he was a soldier. What did Paul tell Timothy? Endure hardness as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. Timothy had to realize really quick that in the ministry, he had to have some endurance. He had to have some tough skin. He had to have a tender hand. As I've been told many a time through the years, you got to have a tender hand and a tough hide in the ministry. And uh, it's so true. It was good advice that I've been given through the years. But there are times that we have to have a tender hand and a tough hide as parents. We have to have a a tender hand and a tough hide in wherever God has called us. Uh, And we have to be faithful. And we have to be a good soldier of Jesus Christ and a faithful companion to Paul. What a joy. I I, I look forward to talking to Timothy one day and, and asking him, what was it like to serve with the Apostle Paul? What kind of a preacher was he? What? What, what, what kind of a, uh, a gospel zeal did he have? I mean, tell us about it. I can only imagine uh, just reading in the epistles of, of Paul uh, the kind of love that that man had for the Lord and for the 
the word of God and, and for the proclamation of the gospel. And Timothy got to be there and, and be a faithful companion with him. One, two, I think it was six, I counted. One, two, three, four, five, six books that are introduced. Paul and Timothy, servants of the Lord, right there in the beginning of that letter. In those epistles, Timothy is mentioned as a faithful companion. And then he was an example. 1 Timothy 4.12. And I'll read this verse, and this will be our closing verse before we enjoy some time of fellowship. But 1 Timothy chapter 4, in verse number 12, he says to Timothy, and obviously the application continues to us today, Let no man despise thy youth, but be thou an example of the believers in word, in conversation, in charity, in spirit, in faith, impurity. Why would he write that? Yes, by the inspiration of God. Yes, for us today. But also because I think Timothy had those qualities. And he wanted Timothy to continue to be faithful in those qualities as an example. And notice he says, let no man despise thy youth. Thy youth. Now, young is a relative term. Old is a relative term. We can all, no matter what stage, no matter what age of life, we can all set this kind of example. To have our lifestyle, our conversation, our manner of life be an example of the believer. Of a believer in Jesus Christ. Of a person who walks with God. That example shows up in our word, in what we say, in our conversation, our lifestyle, how we live in charity, in our love, in our spirit. That's our attitude. In faith, that has to do with our faithfulness, our perseverance, our endurance, and in purity. That has to do with the holiness of our life, the morality of our life, the integrity of our life. We all are called to be that kind of an example. Quick look at Timothy's life. I hope this has been an encouragement. It's been a blessing to be here tonight, to hear the kids for truth, and to be in prayer, and then to have a short time of Bible study. We invite you to join us afterward over here, uh, out back, and uh, we'll get things set up for some hot dogs and s'mores. But let's have a word of prayer, and then we'll be dismissed. Lord, thank you for our church family. Thank you, Lord, for the life of Timothy and the example he sets for us. And thank you, Lord, for calling him into the ministry. And thank you, Lord, for the epistles that Paul wrote, uh, specifically to Timothy, that are applicable for us today. And Lord, help us to live for you, no matter what the challenges that might be and the uh, seeming impossible obstacles. We know that you are able, uh, that you are the God of the impossible, and that uh, with you uh, we can do all things through Christ who strengtheneth us. We pray, Lord, that you will uh, bless our time of fellowship now. Thank you for our kids for truth. Thank you for our time together this evening. Pray to be with uh, the many on our prayer list with their special needs, and we give them to you as well. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you for being here. We'll get things ready. If you can join us outside, we would be happy to have you there and uh, enjoy a time of fellowship together.